All right, then. Yeah, wow. You really set him off on a Friday, Kaplan. Great job. I mean, think about that, George. It's like not just he was in college, he had other things going on in his life at the time. He's a terrible, horrible human being. I mean, I, I'm not willing to go that far, but it does seem like you've struck a nerve with uh, young Christopher. I know it. You're so right. You are so right indeed. How yeah. you doing today Me- on a Friday afternoon? You good, man? I- I'm good. I'm excited for the Sam Darnold redemption tour. How about you? Hey, now. Hey, I watched a lot of that game last night. Obviously, most of it was on while we were, at least the first half was on while we were on the air. Um, Christian McCaffrey getting hurt in that game. I know that damaged a lot of people's fantasy team right away, uh, including my 14-year-old daughter who somehow was able to get Christian McCaffrey in the second round of her fantasy draft. I mean, good Lord, what right. kind of I mean, fantasy who, draft Who are these that? kids that are playing fantasy football with her, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. These kids don't know anything. Um, but, yeah, Sam Darnold, I'm excited for him. I'm happy for him. You know, to the Jets – it's just a terrible situation for whatever reason for everybody that's there. You know, we go back to the days of Keyshawn and Bill Parcells and stuff, and, you know, it's been a really long time. I guess, although I can't They had the Rex Ryan two years or whatever. That's right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. where they were in With the Mark uh, Sanchez. championship game. Yeah. 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 Which but, really wasn't about Mark Sanchez. It was really about how great a defense they had, and then Mark Sanchez had was later than exposed, basically. Um, yeah, but it was early in his career. As I recall, it may have been his rookie year and his second year that Mark Sanchez found himself in the postseason with the Jets, and he was being highly celebrated in New York City at that time. Yeah, he was. But uh, with Darnold, he was not being celebrated. And basically what it goes to show is the same thing you and I have talked about numerous times, right, where you need stability around you. You need uh, an organization from top to bottom, and not to say the Carolina Panthers is some sort of bastion of stability, but they're certainly more stable than the Jets. And they've got a good young coach who knows offense. They've got a hell of a defense. I mean, they're only giving up they're giving up less than 200 yards a game uh, through <laughs> three weeks. And Sam is playing really good, smart football. Like, he's not turning the ball over. Uh, he's making plays with his feet. He's making plays with his arms. He's playing good complementary football. He doesn't have to be the savior every single play. So just the eye test, I don't know if you observed this as well. He looks, I don't know if he looks thinner, fitter, more athletic, faster. Well, he's always been athletic. But he just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the uniform, if it's the color. I don't know if he lost 10 pounds. I mean, I really haven't been able to figure it out. Well, he had mono with the Jets. How much weight, more weight could he have lost? I don't know, man. He just looked really, really athletic to me. And, um, And look, the numbers would tell you, nice game, 304 yards passing. And, um, you know, 23 of 34, and he had a rushing touchdown, uh, two, as a matter of fact. And, look, let's face well, it. Well, by the I mean, way, do you realize yeah. that's the first time that a Panthers QB has had two rushing touchdowns in a game since 2013 with Cam Newton? Oh, I was going to say, was that Cam Newton? Yeah. Um, no, well, no, I guess I didn't realize that. But, look, they're 3-0 and Carolina, and I think that those of us that are interested in Sam Darnold, that's why we're following this. Uh, did you know who Davis Mills, the quarterback of Houston, yeah, was last night? Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, I know you know, but seriously, like I mean, you asked me though. I, I was, it was <laughs> semi-rhetorical. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, no, but you literally said, "Do you know <laughs> who this Mills kid is?" And I said, "Yes." Yeah. Well, for most people who didn't know who Davis Mills was, this isn't Sam Mills. This isn't a linebacker. This is Davis Mills, the quarterback, rookie out of Stanford. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know. One thing I did enjoy about that game was the uh, watching. Here's this young kid, and here's this coach from Houston that is thrust into this terrible situation, and the love that he had for this kid and the way that he was coaching him up. It lasted for a half. It didn't really last the entire game, but I, I love stuff like that. When a, when a coach is affectionate and is really, really intensely coaching somebody, I just that's something about sports that I really love is, is the, the camaraderie of a teammate to a coach or whatever. It just That, to me, last night struck me while I was watching that game. You've become a very like emo type in, uh, since the, you know, over the time that I've known you. Like, I'm you very weren't always. Mushy. You weren't you weren't this mushy when I knew I'm you mushy. before. I'm I, listen. I'm skeptical. I mean, yesterday we had this whole conversation about things that you know. I, I told you on Earth that I'm not a hundred percent. Yesterday, Lindsay brought up this story about four twenty thousand year old uh, footprints that were found in New Mexico. Right. And I'm like, you didn't yeah, believe those were actual yeah, footprints. Yes. I'm not so sure. Right. So I'm skeptical. I'm still a natural born skeptic. But the truth of the matter is I have become a mushy guy. Once I hit 50 years old and I'm right there, I don't know what happened. I think I hit menopause, but I, I, I'm i mushy. That's all yeah, I can Yeah, you tell. are very mushy. Lindsay, how mushy is this? It's very mushy. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about the menopause crack there, but <laughs> I think you're deep in your feelings, especially today. Well, well there know, is like, there's like menopause. Right, you know? menopause. There's, yeah. there's menopause. What's menopause? I've menopause. Never heard of that. Okay, Lindsay, I'm glad you asked. As a matter for somebody of fact. who takes testosterone shots, I would hope you're not suffering from menopause. That's why you take the testosterone shots. When your testosterone gets low, yeah. you become emotional. It's actually, call, it's actually called andropause. I'm mushy for men. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. technically me, menopause for men is called andropause. Oh, uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. I thought it was cold. And it is a testosterone deficiency. You're right. Yeah. I'm mushy. It's true. You know, George, had had my testosterone levels been right at the Black Gold Golf Course a couple weeks ago, I probably would have gotten at least 47, 48 push-ups. But because my testosterone was low. Should have taken your shot that day. Yeah. Should have taken it. Yeah. Should have taken it. (laughs) So, real quick. So, we were talking about Sam, and it's a great redemption story. Now, Sam, look, I, I, I'm rooting for Sam. I think a lot of people are rooting for Sam. A lot, obviously, a lot of SC fans here. And, you know, SC's taking on Oregon State this weekend, but there's a lot of stuff going on with SC, as we've documented and discussed here over the last couple of weeks. But there's a story in The Athletic, okay? And I know that um, Bruce Feldman was on with Mason in Ireland. It, Bruce Feldman did the story, story with Antonio Morales, who covers USC for The Athletic. He is their beat reporter. And basically, the story is titled How USC Crashed a Friggin' Ferrari of Talent and What It Means for the Next Head Coach. So, long story short, a lot of the stuff in there. Have you? Did you get a chance to read the story? I know I sent it to you about an hour and change ago, Captain. Right, did you read so it at all only, or no? Not only did I read it, okay, yeah. but I just want to yeah. make a – I want to say something before we get deeper into this story. Yeah. I think you owe me $36. What do you mean I owe you $36 for what? Thirty-five ninety-nine to be exact. Oh, because you oh you subscribe to the Athletic, right? So, oh. <laughs> so you send me this article from the Athletic about USC. I read. You like, can write that paragraph. off on your taxes. That's a business expense. That is true. I I read the first paragraph, and the first paragraphs got me in trance. I'm like, yeah. ooh, I want to read the rest of this. So I scroll down, and it's like, nope, no, no, no. You're not reading this article without getting a subscription. And I'm like, I think I had one, but I don't know my password. So I wound up buying another one. I don't know if I had it. I didn't have it. Long story short, they were able to give it to me for, they said, 50% off. So right. I got it for $35.99. It's a good deal. And, 
What's today's date? Today is the 20- September 24th. Okay, September 24th. Can somebody please do me a favor? On September 23rd of 2022, will someone please remind me that I either have to cancel my subscription to The Athletic, otherwise it's going to get renewed and I'm going to pay twice as much, or... Or I got to take it on. You know, I got to cancel or I got to take well, it on. Well, why don't you just set yourself a calendar reminder? Yeah, you can just do that. On your right. phone. So no one yeah. here is going to do that for me, clearly. I mean, I'm Right, but you can do that. Do it yourself that. on your phone. Yeah. All right, I'm doing that. Okay, keep going. All right, so I'm anyway, doing. the damn story about yeah. USC, okay? Yeah. Yeah. What were your takeaways from that? Because I feel like you owe me an apology. Because mm-hmm. everything we talked about, when you were sitting here saying, maybe there'll be revisionist history about letting go of Clay Helton. And I sat here and I told you about how Clay Helton didn't connect uh, with the players in the high school level, that the coaches didn't trust him uh, at the high school level, they didn't believe in him, that they were running a country club, that he didn't, uh, he, he didn't recruit the inner city well, that he lost all the best California kids because the coaches and kids didn't buy into him, that they were just on cruise control. All the things I said are literally quotes in this story from USC people and coaches. Are you like the unnamed sources in this story? No, because I'm not a former USC assistant. I'm not a former USC player. I'm not a local high school coach or a current NFL player who played for USC. Or a parent of a former player? Correct. I'm none of those things. But all the things you argue with me about for two straight segments, okay, that I told you this is the problem with SC – and, and I specifically cited Bryce Young and all these kids, the kid that went to Oregon who's going to end up being the number one overall pick, the defensive player, like all these kids and all these issues that people had with Clay for as nice a man as he was. Yeah, like all those issues are highlighted in this Bruce Feldman, Antonio Morales uh, story. I will tell you this. My biggest takeaway from that article, George, was not all the stuff you just said. Um, my biggest takeaway was the word laziness in this article. The claim was that the USC coaching staff under Clay Helton was lazy. In fact, they named certain assistant coaches by name in this article. Clancy Pendergrass didn't even like to recruit the defensive coordinator. Not just didn't like it, didn't Didn't do do it. it. He didn't have to do it. You know, this is why, just as a side note here, when we talk about a name like an Eric Biennemi, just as an example, okay, we, we think that he can recruit because we look at him and we go, he played here in his high school ball in L.A. He was a great player in college at Colorado. He's been an NFL player. Um, he's been a longstanding NFL assistant coach. He's a young African-American man who, who can, you assume, go into the inner city and recruit. But the thing is, is that when you're an NFL coach for 20 years and then you become a college coach, look, there's some recruiting in, in pro football where you're trying to get free agents. And there's some what I would call scouting and recruiting because of the combine and they break down film on potential draft choices. But recruiting is a whole different animal. I've never heard, I've never read anybody ever claim that a college football coaching staff was lazy and that certain guys on the staff didn't want to and therefore were not required to to recruit. I've just never heard of anything like that before. Nothing. Okay, well, that's how bad it was, and this is why I was telling you, as much as I think think Clay's a nice man, he had to go, because this whole thing was a disaster under him. Well, listen, if he had to go, losing to Stanford in week two is not solely the reason why he had to go. No, that was the cherry on top. I know, but it, it leads me to think, and this is why I said to you the other day, 
there could be by the end of the season some regret in in creating turmoil because because if the recruiting has been as bad as this article claims it's been and look i mean you know, hold on what do you mean claims i well, mean look at the rosters and I, look I, at the rankings and look know, at all but, those things but the, you know these rankings to me Oh, George, the, these high school recruiting rankings, I really, again, skepticism. I'm highly skeptical. Okay, forget that then. And that's fine. You, I, can, I am skeptical of it as well. I, I, I believe because there is plenty in that story that talks about how coaches will call these places and say, hey, give the kid a four-star thing so I can commit to him. So I, I agree. But the, the lack of NFL talent, okay, on these rosters that USC has had, because if you look at – where they're at as far as how many players in the NFL, they're nowhere near the top, and they were just a few years ago. Yeah. Well, the, the, the second part of my takeaway from the article, the first part was laziness. Coaches who refuse to, and, and it's accepted in the program, they don't want to and therefore will not recruit. Laziness was my first takeaway. Yeah. Um, the second takeaway is the lack of development. Um, that is another interesting claim in this article that you've gone out you've gotten quality talent you've had decent enough recruits and those guys aren't turning into big time players that that there's a whole issue when it comes to talent development now that to me is another issue you know and, and so i think those for me are the two big things you know you when you did have talent you didn't turn it into nfl talent and it's not about how many guys get to the nfl it's about how many guys can play at that level is what i'm getting at uh, we judge it. The metric we use is how many guys get onto the NFL. Um, listen, there are plenty of college football teams out there that produce NFL talent that just don't win. You know, they've got good talent, but they don't wait, win. No, wait, stop. How many? How many schools? Yeah. Regularly put guys in the NFL and don't win. I don't believe that to be true anymore. Oh, listen, I believe it to be true. Plenty. Um, I mean, I'll give you an example, like Florida State, for instance. You know, Florida they haven't State put guys in the NFL in years. Really? Like, not good ones. Well, I mean, there's this running back up in Minnesota who's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, but how long ago was that, bro? He's been in the Three league years for like ago? five years. Three years ago? Four years ago? My, my point yeah, is... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, look at the last four or five years. Damn it. How many guys? Well, you know? listen, my answer to you is, off the top of my head, honestly, I don't know. I pulled Florida State right out of my you-know-what. Um, okay, but, so let, let me... I can tell you right here, based on the 2021 rosters. Here yep. it is. Okay? Number one. Take a guess. Uh, Alabama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number two, take a guess. Clemson. No, but keep going. Um, Ohio State. Yep, yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number three. Clemson. Oh, LSU. Okay. Now, okay, yeah. LSU is a good example. LSU's yeah. bad this year, bro. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They well, won a national championship two years ago. Two years ago. Okay, keep going. I'm listening. All right, Georgia. Putting, they're in the SEC championship game almost every year now in the SEC East. Um... Okay, um, Georgia, no, that's Georgia, not Georgia. arguable. That is that's exactly what How many what years happens. in a row has Georgia been in the SEC championship game? I, I, you'll have to tell me. I mean, at least, if I recall correctly, at least two out of the last three, maybe three out of the last four. Okay, keep going. Okay, Notre Dame, who has okay. been a, a, a perennial, uh, perennial what, 11, 10, 11 win team hmm. since Brian Kelly has been there. Uh, and then there's Clemson. So there you go. Okay, so tell me about teams like, for example, if you just keep going down the list, where do some of these, where's USC? Where is Miami? Where's Florida State? Way where's down the Oregon? list. Where, Way where, down the list. Where's Penn State? Uh, I'm just. Okay, I'm, I, I will tell you. Miami. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. 
Miami, I, I mean, I don't realize why this even matters, but Miami is, let me see, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th on the list. Okay, so there's an example. So I'm just giving you an example. There's a school that produces NFL talent, but let's face it, they're not really winning that much. But not they've like been in the top 25 at least for the last five years. Like they've, USC they've has been in and been knocked out. Okay, keep okay, going. Okay, fine. But they're at least a top 25 program. Like you, you know, this year they're been they're, this year they're dealing with the ramifications of not recruiting well and dealing with USC. So you're giving me the one outlier. I literally gave you the top six teams, and they're all teams that have been, either been in the national championship game or or right. in the playoff. So, so those schools that you've just mentioned, right, are the top programs in the country, right? And, and they put the, the most NFL talent on the field. So, that yes, can, that, that makes all the sense in the world. Now, where, where does SC rank in all of this? SC is even further down than Miami's uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Okay, so they're not producing NFL talent, number one. They're not sniffing the, the college football playoff, number two. And they're not winning nearly enough for what the history and the reputation of the program is. By the all, way. There yeah. are more UCLA players in the NFL right now than USC players. Okay, great. You've just helped me out. That's my point. But is that's that... an outlier, Kaplan, is what I'm saying. Well, no, like the, the... the top six programs are the top NFL producing and, and that was my point. And my point is, is that there are lots of other programs no, that produce bro, NFL No, of course, if we go win. down the list... But uh, you, you, your argument with me was yeah. literally that you said that you don't agree that the top programs... Put the most NFL talent on the no, field. No, that's not what I said. That is, roll the damn tape. Yeah, roll so, it. Roll that Roll tape. the tape, Brionis, on the other side. Yeah. Find that. Find go it. find that. Because that is exactly what you said. Well, when you say top programs, by the way, look at all those programs that are in that top 20 of, of producing NFL talent, and then six of them compete for a national championship. Lots of other ones produce NFL talent and just don't win nearly enough. Of course, because there's, there's 200 picks in every draft, Kaplan, but the top six, that's not an argument to be made that though that the best teams produce NFL talent. Like, what are you arguing right. here? What I'm arguing is is that there are plenty of schools that produce NFL talent that don't Of course, because there's 200 picks in seven rounds. So they, they don't have 200 guys on a roster. Like, know, and, man, and because like they're freshmen. You've got to be three years into, the, into your college career to even be drafted. Like, of course, there's not even there. Alabama doesn't have 20 draft eligible guys every year. They may have six, seven, eight, nine, ten max. Like, what are we talking about here? That's just simple math. The question you just asked, what are we talking about here? My answer to you is I'm actually not sure. Yeah, I clearly lost it, too. But we'll find out because you, I know what the hell you said. I'm Brionis will find it. And we're way over the break. And Kiki's now got to figure some stuff out with other stations because of your ass. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Do you have a favorite Muppet? Well, I didn't have to watch the Muppets on Nick at Night, just so everybody knows. I actually was able to watch the Muppets in real time, if you will, because I'm a man. I'm 50. Um, I did like Miss Piggy. There was a sexiness there. I liked Kermit. There was a certain innocence there. 
but I did like the two old guys that were the critics that sat up top. You could, you could imagine, you know, just the old, crusty guys that sit up there and rip everybody. So I like those guys, too. How about you? Stadler and Waldorf. Is that what their names were? Yes. Did yes, they that. were my favorite, too. Yeah, I like those guys. Yeah. I think Morales called um, called Mason and Ireland them once or twice <laughs> in the past. <laughs> I actually did, too, in a loving way. With, to their face, though, when we used to do purgatory. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. All of. Mm. All right. So, George, I was just looking through some lists of college football programs Mm -hmm. that produce a lot of NFL talent. Let me Mm -hmm. ask you a question. Yes. Does Michigan provide a lot of players to the NFL? Uh, They probably – they're in the top ten, I presume. Do they win a lot? I mean, in the last four or five years under Jim Harbaugh, have they sniffed a title? Have right, they come but here, close? Here, here's, here's where you're missing the point. Yeah, let me hear. How many years do guys play in the NFL? On average, about 3.4. Correct, just, but there I'm, are plenty of guys on active rosters who have been in the league over a decade. Okay. Right? All right. Let me, let me just do it this way. Here's the math, bro, okay? okay. There hear. are 1,696 players on a roster in the national football league okay Okay, okay, 53 man rosters i'm not even including practice squad 53 men rosters Mm -hmm. 32 teams 1696 do you want to know how many of them come from the sec like what percentage um i would guess i'll take a shot here i'll guess the sec provides the nfl with 30 percent of its players no it's 20 but that's still pretty damn humongous yeah, when you is. consider that there are way more than just one conference in the nf in the in college football okay okay all right 20 percent come from one conference okay what does that tell you tells me that the sec is far and away the most talented conference in all of college football what does it tell Co- you it tells me that too and what it tells me is that the teams there like LSU and Alabama and Georgia and Florida and whatever the teams that are generally at the top are the teams that are putting the most talent in the NFL and that's why they're good which was the discussion we were trying to have or at least I was trying to have which you then said you disagreed but if you disagreed and didn't understand what I was actually saying that one's on you brother yeah maybe it is but I'm I'm just going to say this here's what I said or at least what I think I said and this is the point I was trying to make there are lots of schools around college football that provide talent yes. to the NFL. And guess yes. what? Yes. They just don't win that much. So what I'm saying is, uh, okay. is that the I, metric that we're using <laughs> to judge USC is how much NFL <laughs> talent do they produce. Okay, that's They can still produce a lot of NFL talent and be like a lot of other schools where they just don't win. George, let me yeah, give you a quick by, by the way, do you want to know the last time they produced NFL talent? Yeah, go ahead. When they went to the Rose Bowl with Sam Darnold. That was the yeah. last time they've produced anybody. They in produced the NFL. Uh, that they had. They were the number one Pac-12 team as far as player NFL players on their roster. Okay, and now they're not. Okay, well, to now they're behind well, several teams, including UCLA, who's not even good. Which, which what is, is that? Which is what does that tell you about how far they've fallen? Well, now, now that's interesting because the question is: Are they not recruiting good talent, or and this was my takeaway from the piece. Are they not developing it's both. good talent? It's both. It's what you were trying to argue with me. The, I've never disputed the, 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 the lack of development. Of course, that's obvious. But the, the fact that you were arguing with me the other day about like Bryce Young, who went to Cathedral and Manor Day um, and, and, and like wanted to go to SC, was committed to SC, and was like, this Clay Helton stuff isn't for me. And it's like, yo, Nick Saban, I'm coming to you. Well, and this, the kid this, 
the, the kid, the DJ Uyunglele, yep. uh, Clemson? Clemson, the same thing. All yeah. these kids wanted to come to SC. Well, the, the, the piece talked about how the lack of stability because there were so many rumors about Clay Helton's future, I mean, that turned a lot of the biggest stars of Southern California high school football, specifically those that play in the Southern section, um, or play in the, I'm trying to think what the name of the other section is where it's all the big private schools. Regardless, those kids got turned off by, the, to use your phrase, that lack of stability, you know, and not knowing who the coach was going to be eventually. Uh, but listen, you know, that, that's a claim and it's an understandable one. But I will just say this. There are a lot of times when kids from Southern California decide, you know what? I'd like to leave, and I'd like to go. Why check are out you what making excuses like. for these? This guy who's not here, who clearly did a bad job. They just wrote an entire story that's like five thousand words about how bad he was, even though he was a nice man, and including the stuff I'm telling you, reported by the guy who's probably the best college football reporter in the country. Why am I? Like, disputing how are you it? disputing this? I'm not really disputing it. I'm, what I'm saying is this: You're saying that guys want to go play elsewhere. Sure, there are some of those. But no, what they're telling you in this story, and what I'm telling you for a fact, is that these kids wanted to go to SC, and they thought clay was basically made of clay. Okay, but here's what I'm saying: Why did they wait until now? Why did they wait until two games into the season? One ridiculously embarrassing blowout loss to Stanford in week two. If everything that's been written in this piece is true, and let's go with it for a minute and assume that it all is, why would they have waited? You know, why did they think at SC, we've surrounded him with more resources, we've improved the, the facilities, we're, we're kind of still just living on the reputation and the history of our program College football has changed so significantly. When I went to college, it was all about history. It was all about tradition. They would drill it into our heads, George. Tony Dorsett played here, and Dan Marino played right. here, and years before that, Hugh Green played here, and Bill Fralick played here, and even years before that, Marty Schottenheimer played here, and Jock Sutherland coached here. I mean, we get they, it. They taught us, we get they taught it. us the we history. They drilled yes. it into our heads, yes. and the history of the program was important. I don't think that's the case today in college football. So recruiting based on history and tradition, dude, throw that out the window. Here's Nobody's you... saying that it's about history and tradition. I'm well, telling you factually, these kids were committed to SC and then decided, nah, not well, that's doing what it. I'm asking. Then if that's the case, and if recruiting has been so bad at SC, one of the things in that piece was SC's recruiting was number one in the Pac-12, and it was down to like, like down at the bottom of the conference. So if that's the case and the school... They were the 64th form, one year nationally. Can you imagine USC is 64th no. in recruiting class? That's the whole point. I yes. mean, dude, yeah. That, yeah. that's like saying Coastal Carolina has a better recruiting class than USC. If that's the case and the school and the athletic department and everybody knew it, then my question ultimately is, what the hell were you guys waiting for? Thank you. Well, that's what everybody else was screaming, too. Now, do you have the cut, Brionis, to hear what he actually said? It's not about how many guys get to the NFL. It's about how many guys can play at that level is what I'm getting at. Uh, we judge it. The metric we use is how many guys get onto the NFL. Um, listen, there are plenty of college football teams out there that produce NFL talent that just don't win. You know, they've got good talent, but they don't wait, win. no. Wait, stop. 
How many how many schools yeah. regularly put guys in the NFL and don't win? I don't believe that to be true anymore. Oh, listen, I believe it to be true plenty. Um, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like Florida <laughs> well, State, for instance. You can stop it right there. You know, they haven't State put guys in the NFL in years. Really? Like, not good ones. Well, I mean, there's this running back up in Minnesota who's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, but how long ago was that, bro? He's been in the Three league for like ago? five years. Three years ago? Four years ago? My, my point yeah, is... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, look at the last four or five years. Damn it. How many guys? Well, you know? listen, my answer to you is, off the top of my head, honestly, I don't know. I pulled Florida State right out of my you-know-what. <laughs> I mean, it's literally the thing you said you didn't say. No, no. It's exactly what I said. And oh, I'm my God. Are you serious? Oh, A <laughs> no. thousand percent. Okay, hold on. We need we need to break this down, Brianna. You need to break the thing down in pieces because all he's listening to is the middle part. No, when, no, when, no, hold on, no, listen, no. He's listen. he's only listening to the middle part no. where he says the thing that he's been trying to repeat. Except he misses the front part and the back part where he's basically not saying the thing he thinks. He's what saying. I'm saying is, I say it on the it, other I side because we're up against cut. the break. All right, say it I'll on the say other it side. Again. Yep. We're up against the break. All right, we will do that. Um, plus. Laker fans, there is a message that needs to be conveyed. We'll tell you what that is next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We will be playing a special edition of The Price is Right because Kaplan doesn't know, doesn't shop. Um, I do some groceries. You don't do any groceries? No, no, no. I like the grocery store. I do. Okay. Okay, but I feel like if I were to go to the grocery store right now and I were to say, you know, how much does this cost? How much, like, how much is a dozen eggs? Uh, a dozen eggs? Yeah. I'd say probably like four or five bucks. Okay. Well, wait, I did like weird things that you can buy. Yeah, I was just talking about the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like if I went into the grocery store right now and I needed to buy like a big thing of cheese, you know, like shredded cheese. And you said to me, how much is that going to cost? Oh, me? you mean like one of those like, little baggies of shredded cheese, like the yeah. Ziploc? Well, you know, like the big baggies with the, like the Mexican cheese, with like, like no, yeah, 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 or mozzarella or whatever. How much yeah, is it? Three ninety nine, four ninety nine. Yeah, I would say like three or four bucks. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so you're doing weird things, Lindsay? Like what kind of weird things? Are we, like, give us an example, just so we have an idea. Well, uh, Carlo was nice enough to post out on the ESPN LA Twitter account, which I retweeted. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being, for example, a dog Afro curly wig. Oh, come wig on! Wig for your dog. Yeah. A what? A wig for your dog. It's a hilarious. Wig for your dog. <laughs> Look at the picture. <laughs> Look at the picture. Who does not want to buy this after looking at this picture of the dog? Like, let's be serious. Hmm. A wig for your dog. Oh. Hmm. 
I don't or, really have anybody who, who has a wig on their dog. I know people that put like sweatshirts on their dog, you know? Well, that's why I'm going to tell you how much it costs so you can know how much if you wanted to buy it. Huh. Interesting. All right. Weird, let, weird things on Amazon that you can actually buy. Okay. Oh, so that is the conversation. Oh, I thought we were doing like grocery store stuff. Okay, that's, no that's fine. We can do weird stuff on Amazon. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Um, all right, l- let's finish this. So, Kaplan. Yes, sir. Let, 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 I, I am clearly exasperated. I so let tell. me. <laughs> so we were ta- for those that are just tuning in. <laughs> we were talking about SC, okay, and the story that Bruce Feldman and Antonio Morales did in the Athletic about everything that's gone on at USC over the last several years. They interviewed a bunch of people. Uh, off the record about how disastrous if you thought the USC stuff was bad it was worse than you thought basically and we got into this discussion about how they no longer are not they are no longer a team that puts a ton of NFL talent uh, on NFL rosters and I said just kind of in a drive-by you know and that's a big reason as to why you're not good and I because I said the best teams in college football are putting guys in the NFL, and you said you didn't agree. And then you went on to elaborate about how guys, of course there's guys uh, from schools that aren't that good that get in the NFL, to which I responded to you because there's 200 players in every draft, and there's 53 guys on a roster, 1,700 players basically. Of course, you're going to have guys from all over the place. You know, like it's not going to be just one, one particular, like, school um but you said you did not say okay you said you did not say that it was that you didn't agree that the best um teams in college football put the most players in the nfl so Brionis went back this is not doctored this is not this is this is you and me having this conversation okay let me hear it and by the way just play the first 20 seconds if i have to stand corrected i will but i just want to say this my point was Mm-hmm. There are programs around the country that put lots yes, of talent in the agree. NFL yes. that do not Thank you. win. That yes. was my point. Sure. No, of course. Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State. But that's he plays a small in the NFL. Example. I'm listen, George, I'm talking about schools like a Penn State, for example. Uh, uh, Penn State when, is good. No, actually. no, but when was the last time they sniffed the playoff? When was the last time they won a conference championship? I'm saying to you that they'll win eight games in a year and they'll provide a ton of talent to the NFL, but that's kind of where SC is, is that SC might win eight games in a year, which is not really good enough for SC, but they'll still provide talent in the NFL, but they're not, they, they can win eight games and put a lot of talent in the NFL. That can happen. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, these kinds of schools, they're going to win and be close to the national championship, and they're going to provide a ton of talent to the NFL. I mean, James Franklin has been there. uh, Now, last year was a weird year in the Big Ten, obviously. um, But James Franklin is 3-0, 4-5 last year because it was a weird year. 11-2, 9-4, 11-2, 11-3. So Penn State has been good for six seasons now. Those are good records. Those are good records. Yeah. So, but I'm not arguing about Penn State. Like, forget it. uh, Yes, Kaplan. Of course, there are going to be schools that are going to put on NFL talent on NFL rosters because there's a lot of players in the NFL. What I'm telling you is, and the argument was initially, yo, the best schools in the country in college football are the schools that put the most NFL talent on the field. And 
here's how that conversation went. It's not about how many guys get to the NFL. It's about how many guys can play at that level is what I'm getting at. Uh, we judge it. The metric we use is how many guys get onto the NFL. Um, listen, there are plenty of college football teams so out there. So then you went to say NFL the thing you just said again, like for the 37th so then what time. What did I say? Then what is it that you say that I said? No, wait, stop. That it, how that many, started this how many schools? Right, stop, Brian. Yeah. I mean, really? You are literally disputing that I said what I said. Like that the best schools in college football are the teams that put the most NFL talent on the field. I don't hear that. You'll have to excuse me. I just don't hear that. Play it one more time. Not about how many guys get to the NFL. It's about how stop, many guys. Stop right there. It's not about how many guys get to the NFL. What right. does that connote? Well, what we were talking about was if you're USC, do you develop the talent oh to God. get them to the NFL? Yes, not do you recruit great players in high school that three years later are so talented that they jump to the NFL. Yeah, the por favor. Is, you said it. Yeah, por favor. Are you, am I taking crazy pills? I don't know what you guys are talking about. Seriously, and, and I think the more you yell, George, the more Briones just agrees with you. I, am I taking Whoa. crazy pills? Wow. Lindsay, am I, have I lost wow. my mind, or are you hearing well, exactly you, what no. I'm hearing? I mean, he's literally repeating back to you exactly what you just said, Cap, and then you're saying you did say that. <laughs> guys, guys, this if is getting ridiculous. This meant, is honestly getting ridiculous if, right if now. Seriously. If that's what you meant, then clarify that. Why? Well, well, wait. Say that again, Lindsay. I said if you're if it's there's a difference between I didn't say that and I didn't mean that. So if that's not what you meant, then clarify Correct. that. All right, you guys have lost me here. You guys have totally spun me round and round. Oh, man. I'm like, <laughs> what are you, like, Spinderella? Honestly, like, what is this? Like, like you're, you, listen, here's what I'm going to tell you guys, okay? Here's my experience, George, okay? Here goes. Yeah. I played in college on a bunch of terrible college football teams. And you want to know something? We produced year after year first-round draft choices, oh multiple second-round oh draft choices, third rounders, guys who became pro football Hall of Famers, assistant coaches that were young at the time who all became NFL head coaches, et cetera, et cetera. My point is, is that there's plenty of schools that provide talent. I'm not talking about one guy at North Dakota State. I'm talking about programs that year in and year out oh consistently God. provide NFL talent I that understand. just don't win enough. Yes, Scott, because there's 1,700 players every year in the NFL, and they rotate in and out on different levels at different times of their careers. So, of course, there's going to be players from teams that aren't Alabama and Clemson because they only have so many guys that are draft eligible every year. Like, it's just a math equation, man. I'm talking programs, not individual players. But, listen, we can go round and round and round all day. Let's get back to the story. The story is SC was not recruiting and not getting the best talent like they used to agree or disagree yes okay and sc under clay helton was not developing the amount of nfl talent that they were previous agree or disagree yes okay so here's my question yes. regardless of what i said and what you said and all this round and round and round bottom line why did usc not deal with this sooner <laughs> Why did they wait until two weeks into this season to make this kind of a change? If everything that was published in that article is right and everybody knew it, what the hell was everybody waiting for? That's literally what everybody's been screaming about for the last three seasons. Well, that, it's a good question. It. That's what they've been screaming about for the last three seasons.
That's why there was apathy at the Coliseum. Now, look, outside of a few games here and there, nobody's filling 90,000 seats every week at the Coliseum. But when you're getting apathy like they were, which was, you know, I don't know, 50, 40, you know, maybe close to 60 for certain games, like that's that should have been their tell-all sign. It's why people, and I normally don't side with the fans on these things, but it's why the fans wanted him out. And it's why a lot of people turned on him despite how nice he was. All right, we're going to play this Price is Right game coming up next. We're going to do that. I never got to the LeBron and the Lakers stuff. The Lakers, uh, there's a message that's being conveyed to the Lakers. We'll tell you what that message is. Woo! I need a beer already on Friday. (laughs) Because our head is being spun right around like Florida. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Wow. On the same date. Two of the most iconic albums. I am surprised by that. Like two albums that that went on to become as great as they were, two bands. I mean, one, the Red Hot Chili Peppers can still today. I mean, they can go anywhere in the world and just sell out and rock the place. And obviously Nirvana, we know what happened to Kurt Cobain. But, I mean, if you're a Nirvana fan, I I think you probably roll right into the Foo Fighters like I know I did. But, man, these eh. two albums in the, on the same day? Can't believe that. Eh. I'm the Foo Fighters. It's fine. Like, they're okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, like, seek them out. Like, Oh, my God. The Foo Fighters, first of all, they've got a ton of great songs, number one. They but do. In terms but of, in terms of performance, I mean, Dave Grohl, this is one of my favorite things at a concert. I love when a lead singer catches his breath or her breath and talks to the audience. Dave Grohl talking to the audience all day long. Seriously, like in between songs, he got a whole bunch of other stuff to say. I love that. Yeah, I yeah, mean, they're I'd fine. Like, shut up and sing. Play song. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. Like, I don't, I, I, you would not. Now, I've seen, the Foo Fighters had this great documentary series on HBO a number of years ago. I want to say back in like 2014, 15, in that range somewhere, maybe 16, um, called Sonic Highways. And they would go to each city and kind of do the history of each town's uh, music and they would meet with all these local musicians and then they would perform a song that they um, that would kind of be like almost like a tribute to that particular town and it was an awesome docu series. However, as much as I like Dave Grohl personally, he seems like a really nice guy and he is very much intertwined into the history of rock music because of his time with Nirvana and his success there afterwards. Not a band that I'm like, hey, let's go to the Foo Fighters concert. Oh my Just God. not for me. Oh, my God. Anytime I have a chance to see the Foo Fighters, I saw them a couple years at the Super Bowl uh, in Atlanta. They put on such an amazing show. I saw them at a music festival down in Del Mar called Kaboo a few years ago. That was out of this world. But on the, by the You same saw token, the Foo at Kaboo? That's right. That's right. Um, and one of my favorite tribute bands, just by the way, George, I love tribute bands nowadays. Yeah. The Foo's Fighters. I love those guys. But I also got to say, I'm a huge, huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Yeah, they're great. 
I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers a few years ago when Flea had been injured. This was their first show back, and I saw them play in a tiny little venue, probably about 300 people or so. When you see a stadium band in a tiny venue, oh, man, do you get spoiled. You're like, I don't ever want to go to a stadium again. I want to see everybody I want in a tiny little venue. And, of course, it rarely happens. But that was Flea's first show back after being injured on the injured reserve for like six months to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers play in front of about 300 people amazing well it's why people go to vegas to see these big acts play in these little small intimate four or five thousand seat uh, arenas you know or theaters or whatever they are you know i was reading today this morning in the la times that uh kurt cobain's uh widow um oh gosh courtney love yes was saying that on the album never mind we're talking about this album that came out 30 years ago she didn't think that the first uh single which was Smells Like Teen Spirit. She didn't think that should have been the first single released. She said In Bloom, for those of you that know that album, yeah. is a far better song. So when I read that this morning, I had to go and like you know go to YouTube and watch and listen to all these songs. And I got to say, Courtney, if you're listening this afternoon, I'm with you, girl. I think In Bloom is far and away the better song than Smells Like Teen Spirit. Well, but Smells Like Teen Spirit, it was more about the video that got people all excited because it was a bunch of kids in a high school gym and all that stuff, and that's what it attracted. Is yeah, and isn't like a single supposed to be like a catchy tune you could play on the radio, whereas right. In Bloom might be the better song, but I don't think it's going to catch on it's, on the radio. It was the not it the, like the catchier Spirit. song. Not well, that's yeah. probably why radio executives decided to go in that direction. Now, isn't the girl, the little girl that was a baby that was naked on it's the a boy. album cover? Oh, a little yeah. boy? Yeah. Yes. You sure? Uh, because yes, I, I'm sure because I'm pretty sure of a very, you know, obvious part that's floating in the pool. Yeah, yeah. There's a oh, thing. Really? Yeah. I'll have to go yeah. look that up. But isn't <laughs> somebody on. suing somebody over that? All these I years he's later. He's trying. He's trying to sue them for it all these years later and saying that it's they didn't have his permission. But what ha- what happened was his parents signed something saying that they could use this photo. Yeah, bro. Your parents screwed you. Yeah. Exactly. They made a bunch of money <laughs> off of it. And now he's mad. Yeah. Sorry, bro. It's your parents' problem. Go blame them. You know. Mm. Um, all right, a lot of blame will go around if the Lakers season doesn't turn out right. Now, Rob Palinka had an interesting message uh, when he was talking to the media recently, and he said that the Lakers need to be unselfish. And he was referring to, look, there's a lot of guys in this roster that are used to having a certain amount of touches. Um, you know, for, everyone's talked about their age, but that is a part of the equation that not enough people are discussing. There's way more talk about their age and less about the fit, Kaplan. And I do think the fit part of it to me, is far more fascinating than the age. The age is the obvious place to go, but they're going to win and lose based on the fit. Well, that is why, in my opinion, George, that is why LeBron James, who is a very smart general manager and a very smart head coach and an excellent basketball executive beyond being the third best player in the NBA, LeBron James knows this. He knows that... We've got a new superstar in Russell Westbrook, and we've gone out and we've added some name guys. Rondo comes back. Carmelo, obviously, one of the big names that they went out and got. Bringing Trevor Ariza back. Um, These are huge names, uh, and and everybody's going to have a role, but you got to, everybody got to understand what their role is because all we collectively are trying to do is win a championship. So everybody check your ego at the door, except me, because I'm LeBron, and I get to have a bit of an ego because I'm telling everybody what to do, which is why I'm throwing this training camp here, players only, up in Las Vegas, okay? 
Uh, but that's why I think LeBron is throwing this thing before training camp starts because everybody got to understand what their role is and how they're all going to fit based on how LeBron wants everybody to play. Yeah, and look, these teams all have to sacrifice in one way, shape, or form, right, when you put these type of teams together that are trying to win championships, and it's something that Palinka alluded to. Let's take a listen. When this group of guys is in the gym or around each other, there's a respect for, hey, we have a chance to do something special this year, and we all have to make sacrifices to get there. And I think this group shares that common belief in the assumption that sacrifices will have to be made but there's something greater that we can accomplish. Now, that doesn't mean we walk in the gym and we're contenders. It means we walk in the gym with a belief in one another and a belief that we're going to put in that work to get there. And this is a serious group of guys. Yeah, and, and I think that they are going to, you know, it's, it's not always going to be pretty. I think there'll be some messy nights because it's 82 games. Uh, but I think that the key is to get better each and every month, right? Like, it's kind of like a football season, right? Where in the NFL, you you know, Keyshawn always says you take it in quarters, right? Take it in four, you know, four games at a time. Well, in this case, now there's 17 games, so it's a little different probably. Take but, it in 4.25 uh, Right, games. whatever. Four, yeah. four, four, and five. How about that? Let's just do it that way. <laughs> um, but that that is similar in the NBA. Every month, you want to kind of see where you're at. And by the All-Star break, you want to start to turn a corner, right? Like, I think that that's generally how people want to see it. All right, we didn't do the Prices Right game. We'll do it in the next hour. Uh, coming up next, we got a lot of things for you. So the Dodgers' historic season is at stake here, okay? We'll get to that in a bit. Plus, we have a game we're going to play called Upset Special with the NFL weekend upon us here. We're going to do all that this hour coming up, plus Radio Tinder at 530. Stick around. We're back in a couple minutes.